This is your host, Sam Jarocki from J-Rock Lawn Care and Gardening. Speaking about all things lawn care, garden related and business wise, whether you do this at home for a bit of fun or if you're trying to break into the business, sit tight and enjoy the podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another J-Rock's Lawn Care and Gardening podcast. Here we are on episode 004 titled let's talk money right so this is such a huge thing it's you know when you're starting out or even looking into doing this side of the business or even any job one of the main things you look at is money at the end of the day you work to earn you don't work to just do for the good and benefit of your health you know what I mean so let's talk money here because it is such an important factor and there's a couple of episodes from prior that this is going to tie into, but it's just going to be a specific episode based on it. So the main thing is, yeah, what to charge? Because any new person coming into the industry is thinking this, like I say, when you're looking through whether you're going to give this a shot or if it's even going to be a thought in your mind, it's basically, can this support my lifestyle? Can it, you know, take me to the next level? Can it pay my bills even, you know, can it do even the bottom level, because as much as I hate to say it, <clears throat> people in the industry, gardeners, I don't see too much with lawn care specifically, but just garden-wise, there's so many people on, let's just call it the, the backside of the fence, you know, that, like I say, cut your garden for a fiver, and it's cash only. You know, how many times do you see on these selling sites, what I've previously recommended you go to, do you see someone stick on there, oh, I need someone... To cut my grass by this Friday, and someone's posted on there. Yeah, cheap rates, really affordable. Um, give me a direct message. I'm available anytime. You know, and to the untrained eye, you probably don't even give that a second thought. But to anyone in the business, straight away you're like, he's not paying tax. He definitely doesn't have public liability. Someone gets hurt or window smashes. He's not covered. You know what I mean? All this sort of thing goes through straight away. So. Can it can it uh, sustain you, and can you kind of move on and be in a good position in your life where you make money? Because at the end of the day, we don't just do this to to get by, or it shouldn't be that that shouldn't be why we work. That shouldn't be why we put all of our time effort. You know, we spend time away from the family. You know, we work long hours. We come back on evenings, and even when we are with our family, either sorting invoices, doing paperwork, like not all the time, obviously, but you put yourself through some caution of stress being self-employed now I can tell you for nothing I don't do this because I think you know I'll scrape the barrel with this and I'll get back I do this because I think I'm going to be successful at it you know and that's a mind frame you need to have but the main thing with this on what to charge is the first thing I've got to say on it is different areas there is different costs right and that I'm not just talking about Scotland England Wales Northern Ireland I'm talking about um you know, Newcastle on the east end to Newcastle on the west end. You know what I mean? Different areas of town can literally be different prices um, on what that company pushes out. But what you need to realise on this first main point is just because you're going to a council house and charging, um, you know, let's say a friendly rate, let's say just out of, so all these prices are just made up, £20 to cut someone's grass. 50 meter squared right 
if you then go across town and you go to someone that's got a Bentley on the drive and it's 50 metres squared, the first thing that a lot of people will say is, like, you know, gauge your customer, you know, work it in there. If you think they can pay more, try it a bit higher. I, I get that. I understand that. And that is what I would like to call a feel, okay? When you go to a customer, you get this feel on sort of, you know, when you, them first five seconds of meeting, seeing, and discussing with a customer, you can kind of gauge, right, they're either going to not budge from this price or they don't care about money, you know, whatever it might be. So, yes, that is a factor, but you should still have the original mindset of my price is my price. I'm not going to, more on the lower end, I'm not going to dip my money, okay, dip my price, dip my charge, just because I don't think they'll afford it, they're not going to take me on, okay. That's a flag right there, and that's something that we're so... In this business, in this culture, we're so, at least in the early stages, I know people have hold on to this mindset for years, people that get rid of it straight away, I'm somewhere in between, that you need, every person that you go and quote, you need to get that job, you can't mess out, you can't go so you failed because they haven't accepted your quote, or I've got to go lower, excuse me sir, like Oliver Twist, you know what I mean, please sir, can I have some more, can I, you know what I mean, it's not. You're not a tramp, right? You're not a tramp. You, you're in a business. You're an entrepreneur and you're trying to make it. You're trying to make a successful business. I don't care that it's gone and I don't care if you pick weeds 365 days of the year. It doesn't matter. You're there and you've got all capabilities of being successful in what you do. And this goes to like knowing your worth, don't sell yourself short, all the rest of it. So have that balance of what you want your wage to be or what you're going to charge, sorry. And don't, don't dip it, you know, that's your charge, if that works for you, that's where you keep it, but this is sinking ahead, because what I'm going to go into now is, that's like the end result, by the time you get to this point and you know you charge, you've already went through battle, and I'm going to take you through that now, um, the first one being is, and this is what I think a lot of people get confused at, and this is 170% what clients get confused with, your per hour cost is not your wage. I'm just going to say that again. Your per hour cost is not your wage, right? So if you're coming into this world brand new, you're listening to these podcasts for a bit of advice and everything else, don't think whatever you're going to be charging to cut someone's garden, okay, because it'll take you an hour, for example, or, you know, if general maintenance, whatever it might be, that that's going to be then your walkaway price. And that's how much you're going to take home to your kids to take them out you know, to a theme park or take the missus for a nice meal or husband, however, whatever way you swing. It isn't. That's not how it works. So what you need to incorporate here and you need to think about is your base costs. And I think even sometimes now, after I, I went through all this process, I've mapped it out, I've written it all down and I've, I've worked it out for myself. There's still sometimes when I'll go quote a, quote a job, whether I'm in a rush or whatever it might be, and I'll get there and I'll go, yeah, yeah, that's this much. And I'll just I'll chuck a figure out. They'll go, yeah, yeah, no worries. And when I come back to the job a week, two weeks later, whenever it's penciled in for, I'll go, why on earth did I charge that much? You know, because one thing I don't do is I don't scramble back to the customer. Now, I know some people do, and they'll maybe go back and say, sorry, it's actually going to be this amount. There's an amendment on the um, on the invoice, whatever. But I, I don't. If, if that's what I've charged the customer, then that's on me for mispricing it, all right? But just in this... um. In this scenario here, 
I've went back to it two weeks later and I've went, how did I ever think it was that much, you know, because when you've done it at the time, you know that you're booked out for another two, three, four weeks, right? You've charged them on a, say, a grass cup and, um, yeah, let's just say a grass cup, keep it simple, right? It's not too high, you think, oh, that's not too bad, but you can't get back to them in four weeks' time, so you've quoted them, let's say, £30, for instance, all right? When you get back there in four weeks' time, it's done nothing but pour down for the last three weeks and we've had beaming hot weather the week afterwards and the growth has just went crazy. Everyone in the UK listening to this knows that over the last sort of six weeks, it has been mental. We went from having that frost and snow in April to then having hot weather, but then got subbed out from two weeks of just like tropical rain every night. So when everyone could get back to the gardens and it was then like 20, 28 degrees again, the growth had been absolutely crazy. And to be fair, it's still pretty bad now, although I am noticing it slowed down a bit. So that's something you've got to think about because if you don't have them systems in place and you do just rush into a quote and you just give it out there, you're, look, you're risking losing money, okay? You're looking at putting yourself under. So you need to think about your base costs. And what I mean by this, it's things like your business insurance, public liability, van insurance, tax, fuel for your vehicle, fuel for the equipment, wages to employees, if that's the way that you're going with it. All of these different types of factors is stuff that your client isn't thinking about. So don't think they are because they're not. They don't, your client doesn't really care about this sort of stuff. This is your bag. So all of these things obviously cost money. And this is all going to come out before you even wake up and roll, out your, roll yourself out of bed in the morning. This is money that's going to be coming out your account. Um, you know, I call it like in the air. Okay, you can't actually see it happening. But it's happening every day, right? You're losing money, okay? All business is is forever, you know, you're making money on jobs and then when the invoices come through, your little tally chart goes up, okay? But every time you're stepping out of bed in the morning, it goes back down and you don't get to see that until it comes to it, all right? So all of this adds up. Easiest way to kind of think about this is whatever you work per year, whether it's nine months of the year and you take the winter off or whether it's the 12 months of the year, um... And you work all the way through, however it means to you. But what I'll do is add up everything that you've got business related. All right. So even for example, my my van it comes under the um comes under the business, but I use it for personal as well. So that still comes under as my business costings, even though it's personal. Well, it's under as a pers- personal use as well. It still comes under your business costings. So add up each one of them finger figures, divide it by. Whatever months of the year that you're working, all right, because that's your earning your earning window, all right. That's when the money's coming in from that work. So let's just say twelve months here. Let's say the, you know, it's fifty. Uh, you know, everything adds up to three hundred pound. Uh, divide that number by twelve, and then you want to divide that number again by how many days of the week that you work. Five, six days of the week, because they're the ones that you're earning over. Right, there's no point factoring in seven days a week if you take the Sunday off because you're not earning any money. So I know we're just playing with figures here, but just say so three hundred pounds is the total. You divide it by twelve months of the year because you walk work all the way through. You divide that by the amount of days in a week that you work, and let's just say that gives you thirty pound. Right. It doesn't I'm just making this up. Let's just go and say it gives you thirty pound. So before you even, you know, rub your cankles in the morning to warm them up and stick your slippers on, right, you're getting charged 30 quid, whatever it might be, just to wake up and to be self-employed, okay, this business doesn't wait for you, you know what I mean, 
your employer isn't sat there thinking, oh, you know, he doesn't have to earn anything until he comes in. He's on these parameters. He gets paid regardless. You're self-employed, kid. All right. So you need to factor that in when you then go to a client. Because if you're earning that £20 for a grass cut, okay, and you do one an hour for eight hours, that's £160, right, over eight hours, that's a typical working day. You're not coming home with £160 and giving that to your kids and everything, right? You've got your tax to come off that and you've got all of the above. So let's say, like I was saying, £30 a day. That's coming straight away from that. So if you're wanting to earn £160, £200 away net pay, so obviously your gross pay, so um, yeah, your gross pays everything before all your bills, all the deductions. Your net pay is obviously after tax, um, and your turnover is absolutely everything before products and the rest of it. If you want your net pay to be two hundred pound a day, then you need to be thinking past that number, with all these added costs on and all the rest of it. It all adds up, you know, and you cannot be selling yourself short. Because I'm telling you this now, there's no point you being self-employed going through and all the hassle and all the rest of it to scrape the barrel and to hit minimum wage. Like, you can, it's so easy to get stuck in this corner, I think, where if you do it for so long and you just get used to a wage, where you get comfortable. And, you know, there'll be lads and lasses listening to this now that know that they they live to their, they live to the means. You know, they earn two grand a month, therefore... They spend two grand a month. That isn't what it should be about. We shouldn't be put in this corner of that. We should be in a place of, I'm self-employed, I run a successful business, I'm switched on, and I can take my family on two holidays a year, whether it's in Lanzarote or whether it's in uh, Liverpool. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you want to go. You know, you need that fulfilment at home where you can do what you want and you, you need to give yourself that freedom. And I'm sorry, but... In the self-employed world, it it comes from the money as much as the freedom of being your own boss. There's a balance that you've got to play here. So, going on from that, I'm going to talk about raising prices. And sometimes a bit of a touchy subject. Because a lot of the time what I feel when I say this conversation pop up, it is I can only earn this amount because that's all they'll pay in my area. Now, I just want... To explain it in this way for you. If you charge £20 an hour. And. That's what you've been charging. Let's say for the last five years. It's been your base pay. £20 an hour. Don't raise my prices. This is what it's at. Like you know. Five years ago that was high. That's what I'm sticking to. In the last 12 months. So I checked this today. Um, in the last 12 months. Inflation on products. Right, so this is things that we buy, you know, whether it's your cereal, um, you know, bananas from the store, smoothies, whatever you're buying, right? Big Rustler burgers. Um, it's went up one point six percent in the last twelve months, twenty twenty to twenty twenty one, and this was counted to April. One point six percent, right? Over let's just say three years in fact, this is four point eight percent, nearly five percent the price of living has went up. Just to go get your meal deal from the garage. It's went up 4.8%. If you're not raising your prices. Without me sitting here and doing all the maths. There's going to come a time down the line. Where you're losing money. And to put it in different terms. The £20 that you were earning five ago, five years ago. Would relate to £15. 
you know, eventually it's going to get to that that stage where you've lost out that much money. So you need to look at raising your prices. And it's a hard thing to do because I think a lot of us in this industry, customer-faced industry, where we need to go there, we need to take the call. We need to turn up on the doorstep. We need to show up. We need to discuss with the client. We need to get to know the client. We need to do work for the client. And we need to make the client happy. And we need the client to pay us. Right? All face-to-face client interaction that has an outcome at the end of it. This needs to be to a point where the money that we're charging stands its ground. Because as I've heard a few times before, like the clients aren't your friends, drop you in a heartbeat, blah, blah, blah. It's not always true. You get clients that are really good. They'll stick with you. You know, you, you build that bond where they just trust you. You know what I mean? The garden is like their kid and they trust you to run around it and take good care of it. And that they're the customers you want. They're the clients you want to focus on. They are the clients. But just the way the game plays, you'll also get the clients that, you know, they want the cheapest bloke out there. They don't really care. They just want to hack down. No, I don't want any extra fertilizer. You know, don't scarify for five years. I'm not bothered. You know, they don't care about the benefits of your loan or the rose bushes that they have or anything else. You just get both ends of the spectrum here. And sadly, you're going to find out when you raise these prices who's good to stick with you and who isn't. Like I mentioned to you, is I, I actually raised my prices twice within six months, what I don't really recommend. But luckily... I was kind of in this new germination rate of my business, let's call it, where I thought, I need to get this right now. I'm doing this to earn money now. I'm doing this to be successful now. I'm not looking going, oh, I'll get there in three years' time. Or over that hill, it'll be better. You know, there was something about it. And I think this maybe comes from the fact that this is my part-time job, as I've alluded to you all. Fully transparent with this. I've got nothing to hide. Um... I work full-time, so my full-time wage pays my bills. This doesn't. So what that enabled me to do and what has been successful doing is going in with that no-bullshit attitude of this is my price. Sorry, this is what I now need to cover it. This is where we're going to go. This price will stand for the first six months. After that, I'm going to redecide um, on the prices and we'll be back in touch. Almost like a six-month ongoing contract. And that's kind of what I did. After three months, I said £15 an hour is a joke. Um, you know, after tax and everything, you're looking at making £11, £12 an hour. You know, you, you, people make that in garages serving people. Um, yeah, and it's not what... So anyway, up the price. And then over the winter, I decided to do an email campaign, what I'm going to touch on later on on a different podcast through MailChimp. Uh, I did an email campaign and I pushed it out. I says... Bookings are starting to open now for the 2021 season. Prices may vary um, from the 2020 rates into 2021. Any questions, please get in touch. Upon booking, you know, this will be discussed. And somehow, at the same rate, I went from hourly, a lot of hourly maintenances to per job pricing because I'd figured out by this point, I learned quick how much I needed to make to sort of be successful doing what I was doing so I made all these changes how many clients did I lose through changing prices none not one because when you learn the value of 
your work ethic, the results that you supply to the client, the graft that you put in, when you learn the balance between that being more than what the price is actually worth by the eye, by the person, that's when things will be accepted within a heartbeat. You know, whereas I'm telling you, if you're walking into this going, oh, oh, I forgot a strim up there against that back wall. I'll just put the strimmer in the van. I'll leave it. They won't care. I'll, I'll just catch up with that one in two weeks' time. If they ask me about it, I'll just apologise. That, you know, you're doing that sort of, them sort of mistakes. Oh, I forgot to, oh, there's that, like, Mohican I've left in the middle of the lawn. Oh, you know what, I'll, I'll just leave it. Yeah, hopefully they wouldn't know. Yeah, in a week anyway, it'll be all the same length. It'll be fine. You know, you've got that attitude. You're set up to fail, kid. And I mean it because that isn't the way you can go by this. Whereas, like I say, if all your ethics are in the right place and your work is of a standard, of a quality that is above the bar, and anyone can do that, right? Then the price will follow. So because I'm polite, I'm professional, and I put in a good hard day's graph with them when I'm with any client, whether you're my first one of the day or the last one, and then I'll give you my 110% while I'm on your property, while your pain is, you know, it's all go, right? No messing about. So when I up these prices, and bear in mind, over the course, yeah, we're talking £10 within six months, what is, you know, it's a good part of 40, 50%, uh, depending on what client I had, how much the prices were raising. And they all took me back on. And, you know, it can sometimes be very hard to confront this, right? Because you can be stuck in this place of, it's not going to work, I'm going to lose the clients. And I, I get it, honestly, guys, girls listening, I get that that's hard. I get that your bills are relying on it, your family's probably relying on your money. But at some stage, you've got to... And you might be in a place where you're all right and you don't need to do this right now. You can, you know, wait a year or two. I'm not saying going out there and tell everyone that you're bumping your prices by 50%. Not at all. You might already be on this path. And there'll be a lot of you listening here going, yeah, damn right, tick, 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 I've done all this. And there'll be some of you there going, Jesus, is is that why I'm still... Is that why I'm still scraping every month? Why I'm still, like, picking pennies out of a jar so I can, you know what I mean, buy the last <laughs> pack of bis- biscuits for the night? You know what I mean? I don't know. That that's why there'll be them two ends, but you've just got to look at things like that. Inflation going up, your prices should be going up. Look at the line of inflation. You don't need to go miles past it or anything else, but at least meet it. Sometimes, though, what you'll find is if you up it every single year, I've heard from other podcasts, if you up it every year, customers can sometimes be faced of, he's always raising his prices. So, because in, in the grand scheme of things, 1.6% isn't a lot of money to go up. You're not going to massively notice it so you can let leave a year and in two years time you can then up your prices by you know the the missed um the missed inflation and it's just something to keep on top of because all of these tie back into that beginning where i said your per hour cost is not your wage all right all of this is going on around you that you need to keep switched on about don't just switch off and go into a world of your own and just that's it crack on cut grass that's it i'm not you know, tunnel vision. The world is ever moving. And just because you're booked out from Monday to Friday doesn't mean that you're making the best out of your business, right? You can be booked out Monday to Sunday and still not be, make, uh, be making the best amount you can from the clients that you've got. 
Okay, and that's something really important because just because you're doing well, it doesn't mean that you're there yet, right? Don't lose that drive to keep on going. And I hope that you're pushing a mower, using a strimmer, pulling weeds out the borders while you're listening to this. I hope that you're taking something away of like a click of self-worth, a click of like, I'm telling you, listen to this now, you've got it and you're smashing it, but don't lose it because your money it's not just for you, okay? Remember where it's going. It's going to support your family. It's going to give you a life where you can crack up. Pensions is another one, actually, I want to touch on here. Pensions. You're paying into your own pension. You don't do that in a company. You do not want to be doing this until you're 75, 70, whenever the pensionable age is going to be by the time we get to it, all right? You want to be sitting there with a cocktail at the age of 55, enjoying your lovely landscape garden that you've been able to focus the last year of your life on. You know what I mean? We need to have aspirations that are above the bar so that we can actually meet it. All right. So going next is it's easy to turn around and say, well, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not that kind of person to walk to a customer and say, this is what I demand. But I'm not saying be arrogant because, you, as I've said before, that isn't me. That isn't what I'm trying to get away from any of this. Be polite, be courteous, but be professional. You're running a business. Right, not a circus, you're running a business. When you go to that customer, you need to be confident. You go around and being shabby, like what I was saying about that mirror effect where how you engage with the client, it'll then kind of, you know, the energy flows between you two, between you. And it's very much true. So, what you can't do is go there and be pet. You need to know your worth when you're walking onto that property to do this because honestly, it will make all the difference. There's a quote that I remember saying at my missus and I said it to her and it's probably been said before. I said it to her and I went, that's good, you know. And since I said it, I always think about it. Whenever I'm on a quote, whenever I go to do a new job, whether I'm, you know, thinking about a price list to give someone, you know, I try and take this out of the equation. And what it is, is when you replace nervousness with confidence, okay, that's the main part. When you replace nervousness with confidence, that is when you see a change, all right? So you're walking around in all your quotes and you're, you're kicking your heels together and you're going, oh, I don't know, um, you know, and there's sometimes you're looking at a job and you're going, oh, it's 50 pound. But then the back of your head being like, but if there's just this little thing wrong, then it's 70, 75 at least. But it might not happen, so I can't do that. But I, I, I don't want to overstretch a boundary. I don't want to ask this. Or they might turn me around and say, no, you're not having a job and it, sorry, that price is totally out the ballpark, right? You're nervous. And nervousness sometimes keeps you on edge, what's a good factor. But I'm talking about the kind of confidence, not what comes natural to the kid that's grew up smashing every successful obstacle that's came towards him and he's overcame. And that's not the kind of confidence I'm on about. I'm talking about the fake kind. And I don't think you often hear people say this. That fake kind of confidence is the one that I'm telling you to replace it with. Right? You need to get in that place of, I am confident. And you need to just pretend. Right? People say to me, like, oh, you're quite confident at like, standing up, speaking in front of people. Oh, you don't mind doing YouTube videos. You don't mind walking around with a camera. I bloody do. I mean, for anyone that's tried it. And if you haven't, I challenge you to do this. Right? You don't even need to video yourself. Walk around the garden that you're in now. Take that phone out of your pocket. Hold it above your head. And just say some words into the phone. And you'll feel how much like of a dipstick you feel, right? 
and it's you feel like everyone's looking at you right and the first time that you do it everyone's looking at me I look like an idiot if I put this on social media people's gonna say my teeth are wonky they're gonna say I look like this they're gonna say it's just human it's just how we are as humans we think we th- there's a name for it and I'll, I'll name it in the next podcast but there's a there's a phrase for when you think basically people's looking at you um making judgments about you and the reality is no one cares look i, I don't care if you're wearing white shoes to work I, I don't care if you've got ginger hair i don't care if you're fat i don't care if you're raging asian i don't care if you're male female you know personally i don't care what you no no one looks at someone and cares right and that's what you need to do you need to put in that fake confidence where you're going in to speak to that client and you just tell yourself look i'm the dog's bollocks here I'm going to go give them my quote. I'm going to be confident about it. Straight up front about it. And I'm going to give them the quote that suits me best. Right? I've got a five-year-old at home. Right? I'm not going out there to pick weeds and mow grass and, you know, de-turf in the rain so that the customer's better off. I mean, I love my customers. Don't get me wrong. I've got a really good um, relationship with my customers and they're all absolutely brilliant. But I don't go there, you know, I, I'm doing it for myself, I'm doing it for my family, I'm doing it for my, for my future. And you might think this is a bit off cast of let's talk, in, let's talk about money. But that's the reason why. We, we work to live, sadly. That's the way it is. And if you're not doing it to a point where it benefits you, and it benefits your kids or your future kids or your family, whoever you're with around now, then seriously, what's the point? We are the owners of a company that's like none other, okay? Just because I cook grass and, you know, another 100,000 people out there in the UK probably cook grass as well for a business. I'm not the same as you, you know, I've got my own set of, uh, my own set of rules that I live by and I've got my own, my own marks that I kind of leave on the trade and, you know, you're the same, you're your own person and just because... John from down the street is undercutting everyone and he's paying everyone a tenner and he's leaving Mohicans down the lawn. There's no reason why Sarah, okay, who's just spent £1,200 on a brand new mower and is leaving spotless jobs, should be going down to that level. Know your worth, gain the confidence and quote correctly, right? Honestly, you can earn what you need to to be successful in life and to have a happy life, okay? Because at the end of the day, things are going to hit you from every direction. And if we're not doing the basics, what is quoting correctly, then there's a big problem there. So going on from there, what you're kind of looking at is, and again, for those that have been going, going a while, you're going to know your pricing, how much you're earning, that sort of thing. But for, for those that are just having an insight into this for what you can earn, I think... I'm just going to give some prices to you for what I foresee, what I charge, and, you know, just to give you a rough a rough example, you know, and this is stuff that's working and all the rest of it. So I foresee that the minimum that you can be earning from this sort of thing um, projected from the prices I charge is £30,000 gross, uh, and that's, you know, going on. That's with all your lower price in the first year of the business, I reckon full-time, with the hours that you can put in. Obviously, that's then down to yourself. But from what I see on my um, 
my invoices and the way my cash flow goes is £30,000 would be the easy number to hit. Going on from there, I think within the first sort of three years, I'll be looking to definitely double that number because I think as soon as you bring it on and you have someone else working with you and that you can push on the jobs for themselves, however much that would run, I'm looking at doubling that number definitely. So I reckon between, you know, let's say you're just slightly under that for your own reasons, I think you'd definitely be able to make, and I know it's a big bracket, but between twenty five and sixty, seventy thousand pounds between you and another guy or girl is very achievable. Now, some of the prices that I'm just about to note down now are things that I charge just to give the newer guys and girls into this uh, world, you know, an insight to what you can charge. So, definitely one hundred percent, whatever you do, don't charge less than fifteen pound. Like you, you're not making anything. I promise you, you'll be on minimum wage. So what I do is to just turn up to any property and do anything, it's at least £25. Along with this, what I'm about to say now is, and this is a, this is a show within its own, is managing the customer's expectations. So when someone's getting in touch with you, and they're saying, because this will often happen, you'll get a Facebook message or an email through Google My Business, and it'll be like, Hi J-Rock, I am looking to get a hedge trimmed and... The grass cut and then the board has tidied up. For me, under how I categorise work, that's a clean-up. The minimum that I will charge for an overall clean-up is £100. Alright? So straight away within this managing expectations, I'll say, Sarah, that's absolutely no problem whatsoever. Just so you know, before I come and quote your property, for a full clean-up like this, the minimum price is at least £100. Are you okay with this? Because what ends up happening, what I found through throughout the start of the year and end of last year, is people would ask for a quote, you'd spend an hour out of your day driving, like, back and forward messaging, driving there, looking on the property, taking down notes, drive back, sit down, work out the calculations, back and forwards, talking about the money, and then they would say, sorry, too much, and you think, God, that's like the lowest price I can go in at is, you know, £75, and they're not even willing to pay it. And you, you, all before you know it, You've wasted an hour of your time. And, you know, you add a few of them together throughout the week. You're losing good money because um, time is money, I suppose, at the end of the day. So what I started doing is the more I get used to it, I put a, a cap on, and, and as in a bottom cap, on what the lowest price I'll go in at is going to be. So same with the grass cutting, for example. If there's an overgrown garden, I'll say, just so you're aware, for overgrown gardens that need a grass cut and your edges put back in, you're looking at at least £35, £40, depending on the size. Uh, are you still happy for me to come and quote the garden? Yes or no? And if they say yes, then at least you know. If all else fit, you might get there and it might be a £70 job. But as long as you know that you've you've put in your bottom number that you're happy with, then it's at least worth the journey from what you can see. Okay, so that's really important. But next, uh, so minimum to go any property and do anything, £25 for myself. That's what I've worked out for all my numbers going out for all the expenses after tax for what the number I want to make, I charge at least £25 um, for anything. So that hourly rate on gardens, because if it's just general garden maintenance that I do on several properties still, uh, because I see that as a safer way of income, because that's every two weeks and you know it's normally two hours is the general maintenance I do so I know for at least a two hours work I want to come away with £50 depending then the travel charges on top of that so 50 £52 some of them uh, 
is my minimum charge for so general maintenance 25 pound grass cutting is a minimum of 25 pound and again this is just through uh this is just through trial and error and what i found is that because i still have two uh one garden left on just over 20 pound but that's a customer from last year um different story so that's like a legacy client but what I found with it is even the smaller gardens you can take on and in the beginning I was saying yes twenty pound, and then I was getting I was then fully booked, and then people were getting in touch with me with twenty five thirty, thirty five pound gardens that I couldn't take on, that were happy for that price to be met, so I thought you know no offense to the smaller gardens but for this to be worth it otherwise I'm losing money, I need to have a minimum number, okay so. £25 is the minimum for grass cutting and that's that's the way it is for that one and I've got no problems with that, I don't have anyone complaining. Um, with that I include, just so you're aware, is strimming around all edges and then I've also got an edger blade for my Husqvarna 325 ILK, well basically it's like a spinning metal blade and it's just a chunk of low, low carbon steel basically and it cuts out the edge for you and I do that every two weeks as a standard. Uh, and in my eyes, that makes it worth a £25 at least. From there, I then price in hedges. So for things like hedges and all the rest of it, you need to factor in a couple of things. You need to factor in waste is a big one. Don't ever forget about waste because it's quite easy to get tunnel visioned into a price uh, price on a job and you forget about the amount of waste. And I promise you now, and it gets said every autumn, every time someone does a clean-up job, even me, every time I do a scarification job, Oh, I can't believe how much came out of that loan. Can't believe how much you got off them them hedges, you know. So factor in how much it is for the waste because in some places you need a waste carrier's license. All right, that's a good figure. I think that's two hundred pound for every two years. Um, and even when you don't need one of them and you can just drop off for myself up in Scotland, it's a minimum of forty three pound fifty per ton to drop waste, green waste, and that's a one ton minimum. So if any big hedge job where I've got to take waste away, it's £43.50. Then you've got your travel time on top, right? So let's just say an hour on top to get there, get back, right? So you're looking at the best part of, what, £65, just say, um, on the end of any cleanup, just to get rid of waste, that is, you know. So you need to be factoring these in and keeping that in the back burner to get ready to add it to your price. But for hedges itself, you need to start looking into the, the realms of, danger so how high it is how wide the hedge is every time you tip up to a hedge job for example um get up there on the ladder check how wide it is obviously depending on what time of year it is if it's nesting within the nesting season then you need to be spending time working your way through that hedge making sure there's no birds nesting all the rest of it so all of this is then added time okay again time is money when it comes to this sort of thing but for myself i've got this flat rate of it's at Whatever I think it's going to take, well, by God, it takes a bit of time to sort of get the feel of this, is at least £30 per hour, what I think, per man hour, for the hedge. Um, and that's without the waste. So £25 for grass, £30 for hedges, and £25 per hour for generic maintenance. Even if it's just weed pulling and hoeing a border, it's £25 an hour. And that's obviously all outside your travel expenses and all the rest of it. So... That's kind of where I sit with them. For my bigger work, so day rate, uh, I charge £200 an hour as a day rate. That might be going up maybe next year. I'm looking at sort of maybe taking that to 250 
as my hourly rate is is 25. Yeah, it depends what I do with it. I'm not decided with the whole day rate. Day rate doesn't happen often for those that don't do it. Um, unless you've got a customer that requires a full day's maintenance every two weeks or something, it's not always going to be reoccurring. So when your day rate comes into play, it's normally the one-off cleanup jobs and you're struggling to price it. So you then just chuck, right, it'll be £200 a day for how many days and it basically covers you that you're making at least an amount of money that you're happy with you know and at least when you do that if you say 200 pound a day one day minimum they take on the job and if it takes you half a day then hey you're making 100 pound profit there because you finish half a day earlier um and again if it runs through and it takes you three four days then you know what you've told the customers it can be up to that and that's been a pre-agreed but you can go into that a lot more and you can pick that apart. I understand that. But this is just an example basis of the kind of charges you can give. Now, I have seen people on day rates through the professional group, things like that, charging anywhere from £150 a day to sort of £300 a day. Now, I don't know what their situation is if they're working with someone else. Um, and it depends on the work that you're doing. Because what I was about to say with the hedges... You need to also take in a factor of danger and risk in your pay, what uh, in your charges, what I never done in the very beginning. So if you're climbing up 15 foot, right, and you need to reduce a hedge and you're using a chainsaw, for example, ensuring that you've got all the right competencies, everything else, then that's a higher rate of pay. You know, I would bump that up to at least £35 an hour there, depending on what I'm doing. You've got the chain oil that's going to be going through it. For myself, I'm using battery equipment. But for those, you obviously got two stroke as well. So the fuel that then goes into it all needs to be added on top of whatever job you're doing. So please, whatever your hourly or job rate is, don't forget about external costs. So although I'm normally £25 for um, an hour for guard maintenance, I've got a property that I take care of that's over an acre and a half. And that's two hours every two weeks. And it's just so big that the machines are getting rammed every two weeks, okay, non-stop. And that's a mixture of anything between grass cutting or meadow cutting, basically, um, strimming for two hours straight, so you're going through line like nothing right, and you're also obviously going through your battery chargers, what's putting them where on the battery as well, and the machine. Uh, there's also work for pruning large sort of shrubs and small trees, and also falling trees through storms. So again, chainsaw work. But because it's hourly, it's just fixed at £30 an hour on jobs like that. And the way I say it is when I'm doing something that's not as hard or, you know, whatever it might be, you know, it kind of meets that price in the middle from between that and the higher risk work. So you need to really, although I'm giving you these prices, you need to sit down and you need to find what's right for you, most importantly, and you've got to see what works. And I'm telling you, you'll make 20 mistakes before, you know, you start getting it right. It's just... Learn quick and adapt. That's the best thing, adapt. Manage your customer's expectations by saying, you know, if you're ever unsure, this is where the honesty comes into play. If you're ever unsure with a the customer, then you just simply say, right, so this job's going to be X, Y, Z, quoting £100, but if it goes over because of these reasons, X, Y, Z, this could happen, then it will be 150 You know, so you don't always need to give a price and then, like how I was saying before, that I just I don't go back on it. Unless I manage my customer's expectations and I say, 
unless this happens and this could be the result we might have to and if they're fine with that then at least you're covered okay you don't need to worry the amount of times when i've been on a job and not amount of times but there is a couple of occasions where i've then worried and i've been flapping around this garden going i'm, I'm gonna lose money here i'm you know and you just get caught up in it it's easier at the beginning take your time like i was saying with the conference you go in you quote the job for what you think manage your customers expectations with it tell them about any sort of the pros and cons what can go wrong or whatnot and what the implications of that could be and then you know it gives you that breathing space for when you're on that job so that you can just you can roll out and not worry too much about the money cover your own back basically is what i'm saying so yeah round that up 25 pound an hour general maintenance 25 pound a cut minimum depending on size 30 pound for hedges minimum and at least 200 pound a day for the full day rates plus expenses on top so that's how i plan that out guys i hope that has helped in some way some regard for you for those that are starting up especially you know sometimes it's good to just have a bit of clarification on what people are charging and someone being open about it so if you needs be then get in touch with me um i'm not too sure how it works with the podcast but i'll stick my email address in the podcast description what is jrocklc at gmail.com you can just email me on there and i'll try and answer any questions equally i also do some videos on youtube what's just under is jrock lone Ken gardening and i'm also on instagram what a lot of people get in touch with me with as well so feel free to follow subscribe any of them the youtube's 200 followers off being on a thousand but i'm tr- really trying to hit before sort of the end of july so if you can give me a subscribe on there as well it'll be massively appreciated but uh take care everyone thank you very much for listening and i'll see you in the next podcast goodbye